This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Blood Red podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. Deadline deals to get done. Liverpool chasing Fulham's fab teenager and Nat Phillips heading for a spell down at the seaside. To get stuck into all the transfer deadline dealings, we have our own top target, the Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Tool Gorse. And some, not me, may have said we've panicked with the O Squires as well. Gents, I trust you're both wealthy. Oh, I'll let you get your own back in a sec. But Gorsley, we best jump straight into it we're recording we're live on uh, on youtube and on on facebook as well and four o'clock a uh, confirmed deal regarding liverpool yep one out the door nat phillips he's gone to bournemouth for the rest of the season um player who's been in demand fair to say across the month and it's easy to see why really um not getting his game at liverpool fairly down the pecking order but has shown more than enough that he is capable of playing at a decent level um i don't think that um was there any suggestion after last season that he was going to make it as a long-term Liverpool centre-half? He was very much just um, flung in um, when the going got tough. And he, to be fair to him, he stood up and was counted. He was a massive part of the team that finished in the top three last season. I think he played um, in all of the, in certainly eight of the ten games that Liverpool went unbeaten at the end of last season. And I think he won them all when he was playing. So uh, no surprise to see that he was wanted this month. Liverpool were looking for around about 12 to 15 million for him at the beginning of the month. But I think clubs have been a little bit wise and a little bit canny, thinking the longer we leave it, the more chance we've got of getting a few millions kind of chipped off that price tag because he's not going to be playing. He's not a player who Liverpool particularly need as it stood with all of the four defenders holding up well. Um, so, um, yeah, Bournemouth. Of the choice, the, the destination for Nat Phillips. He went down to the south coast today. I was told he had his medical around about one thirty, so not even that long ago, really. But they've got it all done and dusted. He is now a Bournemouth player for the rest of the month. Uh, particularly impressed with the pitch of Scott Parker and Liverpool will receive one point five million, with an additional two hundred and fifty if Bournemouth can get promoted. And there were quite a few after him actually. Uh, Burnley were keen, but it only kind of earmarked them as a replacement or potential replacement for. Tarkovsky and Leicester, which I was surprised about when I heard of their interest. Newcastle, obviously they've signed Dan Byrne. And it, I think the thing that kept coming back was we're only willing to let him go if he's going to play. Now, I don't think he'd have played at any of those other clubs, you know, particularly if you know, he would have went to Burnley and Tarkovsky, as he has done, has stayed. So Liverpool want to play every week. They want him essentially in the shot window. And, and then a team like Brighton, who are uh, former through a Pushing for a promotion, currently third in the championship party. I think this is a good deal for for everyone, really. So, off he goes, firm pat on the back, go and um, earn yourself a uh, permanent move somewhere, I think is the message. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for him. As you say, what, one and a half million pounds for the remainder of the season. Good bit of business there for Liverpool, of course, including that clause regarding uh, potential promotion for Bournemouth as well. Theo, you spoke to Nat Phillips at the end of last season after his heroic efforts. Surprised it's kind of taken him this long to to find himself somewhere to play. Obviously, he did sign that new contract during the summer, but as Gorsty outlined, he even kind of said himself at the end of last season, there was never really all too much anticipation or expectation he was going to be a regular this season. Um, this one, where it's yes and no. Like, I think he was happy to stay put and still learn from the likes of 
Van Dyke and Joel Matip if it needed to be that as the situation. Um, like Jurgen Klopp's always praised him, saying he's not moaned, he knows what his situation is, and he can still contribute for us even if he's not playing as much as he should be able to. But then perhaps there is a surprise that there hasn't been a club that's willing to come and meet this asking price and take him off Liverpool's hands because he has done such a, a good job for him. Um, you can turn it on its head and say, well, it's one thing coming in and doing well in the Liverpool side. Well, they were struggling. They didn't have any centre-backs. He's still playing with the best right-back in the world, the best left-back in the world, and one of the very best goalkeepers in the world, one of the best holding midfielders ahead of him. Wherever Nat Phillips is going to go permanently, he's not going to have players of that quality around him. So maybe sides did want to have a look at him elsewhere to see that or have him in as a squad player. Like Maybe he's still got that little something to prove. But he exceeded the expectations at Liverpool. Like they wouldn't be in the Champions League if it wasn't for him. He was that good for them last season. They needed a centre-back and it didn't need to be someone with the pace or the passing of Van Dijk or Canate since he's come in. It just needed to be someone who could defend, get the clean sheets, get the results and get them back up the table to get them in the top four. And that's what he did. Uh, with Bournemouth, well, there's a good relationship with Liverpool and Bournemouth, isn't there? There's so many players go down to the south coast over the last few years, whether it's uh, Dominic Solanke or Brad Smith for big money, or like Harry Wilson on loan. Um, it's been like what Jordan Ibe's gone there, Nathaniel Klein's gone there. So you think it's a good club for him to go to where they've got these good relations in place. Um, you look at who Bournemouth have put on the books, they've got Gary Cahill as a centre-back there. So that's a good player, again, for Nat Phillips to play alongside, to learn from and to stake his claim because I don't think any of us have got any doubts that he's a very good centre-back. He might not be Liverpool quality long-term but he should be a really good player in the Championship. And you wouldn't have any doubts about him stepping up into the Premier League. Uh, maybe he does need to go up and prove it a little bit again. Like You don't want his value to go down. And you think, well, he should get a promotion. Because I've been keeping an eye on Bournemouth so far this season because there's the clause in the Solanke deal, I think, about um, like the sell-on. So how well he does could get him a move and then Liverpool could get a nice little bit of a profit on that. And Bournemouth have been storming it in the Championship this year. They, they look one of the favourites to go up. And I think the only reason they've dropped down the table is because of the games in hand have come into play from games being off over the last few weeks. But they're certainly one of the contenders. And if Phillips can have a good season for them, he's going to play a big part in them at least being in the playoffs. And that's a nice little bonus Liverpool can get there. Um, and then I suppose it's Liverpool want what's best for him. Like they've always had this arm around him. They know he's not going to get the game time with them. They know he deserves more than what he's getting. So they don't want to sell him or loan him to a club where he's just going to be in the same boat, not playing with as good a players. Like if you're going to be on the bench somewhere not playing, you might as well do it playing alongside Van Dijk in training and up against Salah and Mane in training than lesser players at a Burnley, Watford, any of these sorts of sides. So they do want to almost reward him for what he's done for them. And hopefully it all works out for him over the rest of the season. And then in the summer, I can do enough for Bournemouth to either get a permanent move there if he helps them in promotion or to get a move for what Liverpool to see, uh, perceive to be a fair fee in the summer. Yeah, definitely. We want your guys' comments and opinions as well whilst we are with you live today on Transfer Deadline Day. Your thoughts on Liverpool's business through the course of the month so far. Still a few hours to go. That an outgoing Today, Dorsey, let's talk incomings and the name on everyone's lips, everyone's lips is uh, Fulham teenager Fabio Carvalho. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone we spoke about earlier this morning on, on an agenda pod with, with Matt, Matt Allison. Um, yeah, Liverpool have, have tracked them for a while. Um, one of several clubs to be interested in someone who's a 19-year-old England youth international who can play in a number of positions. Um, he was being a big part of Fulham's push for promotion this season, the Championship leaders. 
scored a silly amount of goals recently, haven't they? I think it's 23 in four games. Uh, 19, actually, in, in the three games, which is just standard, really. Six nils, six, seven and, and six in three games. Um, and Carvalho has, has certainly contributed to that. He scored in a 3-2 win against Stoke recently. And somebody who's having a really good season at the top of the championship at the age of 19. So Liverpool have, have been tracking him and then made the move over the weekend. A £5 million offer, two Fulhamers in there with the option to loan him back, keep him at Craven Cottage for the rest of the season. And it's almost like seen as a, a deposit, I think, you know, a, a deposit for taking him in the summer because his contract's up. So um, his value is going to be a lot lower than what it necessarily would be if he was if he had like you know two years left on his contract. But Liverpool really keen um, to avoid a um, tribunal here because he'd been down that road before. Been down that road before with Fulham, and don't think it's something that we particularly want to do again. So um, the hope is that the offer to keep him at Fulham for the rest of the season will be a little bit of a deal sweetener but um but that that is, is pretty much all we've heard on at the moment as we say as we record this still best part of seven hours to go so loads of time really when you think of how crazy and manic deadline day gets there still could be a few twists in this tale but certainly someone who Liverpool are looking to bring in it'll be the uh, cherry on top of the Lewis Diaz cake um but uh, we shall await more developments on this one yeah, Theo, a hive of activity in the office there on deadline day. Ian Doyle, I'm sure, in the background, smashing on the keyboard and getting the stories online. But in terms of Fabio Carvalho, sort of seeing people joining us saying that if he were to, to be added, Gorsty saying there, it'd be kind of the cherry on top of the cake. Having been so quiet throughout the course of the month, if Diaz and Carvalho, the two names who were being spoken about through the course of the month with maybe a look ahead to the summer, were brought in now it would be a big boost for supporters and a big tick in the box for, for Julian Ward as well, wouldn't it? I think Dolly's actually gone for a late lunch. He might not be in the office at the moment. <laughs> He's got to get his energy for later, doesn't he, doing the late shift for us? Uh, but yeah, I think um, for most of the month, we weren't expecting Liverpool to maybe be too busy. But what was quite telling was when Jurgen Klopp did the comments, I think it was at the start of the month, when he said he thought a good January transfer is one you wanted the summer before one you wanted in the next summer and that's certainly what they seem to be doing now isn't it like Diaz we know that they've had the hand force like if they didn't go for him now they would have missed out on him so that, that's why they're bringing him in and it looks like if they make this move for Carvalho and it comes off it's a similar story because um, he can talk to overseas clubs can't he so they're trying to sweeten the deal with Fulham going that if you don't let him come to us and agree with this deal now you could just get 250 grand uh, compensation in the summer if he goes to a Borussia Dortmund or a Porto who have both been linked with him. I think Dave Powell's done a piece today where he's spoken to a couple of guys at Porto and they've said, yep, they want him and Porto will look to sign him either way in the summer, even if he goes via Liverpool and try and get him on a loan. So there is a lot of interest from these overseas clubs. So then see what they say. Um, but then it's one where he's, it's hard one to see what Liverpool's plan would be for him in the short term with Carvalho, because it's great what he's doing in the championship. He's scored a lot of goals and he's not actually played as much as you'd think because he, I think he had coronavirus earlier in the season. He had a bit of an injury as well. But he's like this number 10, isn't he? Like I know he can play it anywhere in the front three, but you look at his senior game time, it's all as a number 10. And it's not where... It's a position Liverpool don't have. They don't play players there. So it's like, well, would you have him out wide? And he, they just spent nearly 50 million on Diaz. They've got Salah on the other wing. Or is he going to be like this long-term replacement down the middle he'd have to find his role in this team going forward 
but then Liverpool have done that with Harvey Elliott, haven't they? Like we all thought he was going to be this winger, and it turns out he's great in central mid, or he could be a, a sort of a number eight going forward. Um, he's still young. Like this is his first um, full season of senior football. Like he broke through, I think, in the Premier League at the end of last year. He actually scored on his first start in the top flight against Southampton, playing up front in that game. But ever since then, it's been a bit more withdrawn. Uh, Fulham, there have been relations have been a bit dodgy in the past. When you think of how the Harvey Elliott deal unfolded, you want you want relations to be good with them because they have produced so many good young players in recent years. When you think of the Sesson young brothers, Elliott, now uh, Carvalho, and you can see why Liverpool would want to try and get this deal done. And it is an exciting player. Like I think maybe if they hadn't got Diaz, there would be it wouldn't be as exciting because it would just be, oh, you're trying to sign a young player from the championship on the cheap. Like Liverpool should be going for more than this. Like fans weren't exactly thrilled that Harvey Elliott was essentially the big attacking signing in the summer. And he was just coming back from alone at Blackburn when those returns were quite similar. But the fact that they are looking for these future talents, they don't want to be spending 60 million on a forward every single time. They'd much rather go and get them for four or five million from the championship and then give them a couple of years to bed into the Liverpool way and then get them in the first team further down the line. It's what Liverpool used to do so successfully in the 70s and 80s, getting players in for a bit cheaper, getting them to have that time to bed into the club and then just go on and prove themselves to be so successful. Um, they've been quite vocal on why they're doing that with goalkeepers now, bringing in Tafarel and trying to have their own goalkeeper philosophy. Well, it's the same the whole way through. And if they can get this deal uh, over the line, it's a, certainly another exciting time. And it's a great way for Julian Ward to start his spell in charge. It shows that even though it is a new person, Running the deals, Liverpool's way of doing things is very much the same. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, definitely. You spoke to Dan Cook actually from kind of uh, the Fulhamish podcast earlier in the day. It's available on the, the Blood Red channel, whether that's audio or whether it is YouTube, you want to watch that on. And Gorsty, he made the point on Fabio Carvalho that actually this is a guy who, whilst he's played as a number 10, not many sides play with a number 10, but mm. such is his talent, Marco Silva has opted to keep going with him as a number 10. And obviously it's bore fruit with him level one goals with, with Harry Wilson, actually so far for Fulham this season, one of the standout players in the championship this season. But he said going forward, perhaps you could see him moving back into a number eight kind of position. He's a brilliant presser of the ball. He's press resistant himself to me. Sounded like he was talking about Jorginho Wijnaldum. And when you partner in the fact that Harvey Elliott's playing in that midfield and the fact that Curtis Jones also is there, all of a sudden, I suppose, we've been talking about a midfield overhaul and a front three overhaul needed in the space of two days, if this deal is to get done, in Luis Diaz and Fabio Carvalho, Liverpool might be halfway to, to fixing their problems. Or I say problems, they're hardly hardly massive problems. Are yeah, good good problems to have, aren't they? They're the type of problems I want. Um yeah, possibly. The, the good thing is, is when you've got a player who's so young, you can you can mould them, can't you? I mean, you look at you look at the, the young players who who come through, and sometimes they have a very obvious position where you know that that's where they they play. You know, Kay Gordon, he's going to play off the right with that left foot for the majority of his career, you would imagine. But then you look at someone like it might be a poor example, really, but Ben Woodburn when he come through, you know. He, he's played off the left for Wales, he's played central midfield, he's played up front. And I think the younger the player is, the more opportunity you have to, to develop in different positions. Um, you mentioned there about Wijnaldum, but for me, from the, the very little I've seen of, of, of um, Carvalho, he looks, I mean, 
whisper it quietly, but he looks like a Coutinho on Mark II, doesn't he? He's got that low centre of yeah. gravity, tight, close control, loves to carry the ball 20, 30 yards. Um, just got that air about him. Um, so obviously, you'd have to go some way towards getting towards the level he was at when he was at his absolute best at Liverpool, which I think was just before he left, actually. But across those five years at Liverpool, he was, he was sublime, wasn't he, for most of it? Um, but there are similarities in, in playing style, just from, from what I've seen. Um, wouldn't like to put too much pressure on Carvalho's shoulders if he come in to say, oh, it's the new Coutinho. But there are a little bit of similarities to the way he plays. And um, Liverpool don't, as Theo says, don't play with that kind of old school, traditional number 10. But he did play with Coutinho in that, in that team, didn't he? In 20, what was it, 28, 17, first half of that season. So, uh, you know, good players can play anywhere. I'm sure if Liverpool get him in, they will be giving him a good grounding in how to, uh, you know, best get equipped for this Jurgen Klopp system. Yeah, he does seem as though he might be made for the Jurgen Klopp system as well, kind of that ability to, to press high up in the pitch as well. Be interesting to see if the deal does happen. Of course, in terms of where we are with it, I mean... Where, where are we? You, you, obviously, the, the bid's gone in, hasn't it? And it, it's just, I suppose, a case of a race against time. Now, whether the negotiations can actually get concluded, a medical can happen and a deal can be agreed, is it? Yeah, I mean, speaking to people yesterday, they, they weren't overly optimistic, if I'm being honest. You get, sometimes you get the feeling, speaking to people, that, yeah, this one, it's, that, that's going to happen. Like there, there was plenty of caution with regards to Diaz in terms of the logistical issues that the delegation we're having getting to Argentina, getting that medical done while Diaz was on international duty with, with Colombia. But for all the kind of noise you were hearing on that, you did get the feeling that, you know, Liverpool, deep down, they feel that this one is the one that's going to get done. Didn't necessarily get that feeling with, with Carvalho yesterday, but they were trying and they are trying. Um, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if he remains at Fulham. Um, and Liverpool don't get it done. The issue for Liverpool then is whether they decide that this is a player worth kind of getting involved in a tribunal situation for, or whether or not they decide to leave leave best alone. We shall see. But um, there's plenty of interest in him, and, and he can obviously speak to teams outside of England now, can't he? And, and Bruce Dortmund were reportedly a team who were after him, and they've got a Jaden Sancho and a Jude Bellingham kind of bargaining chip to say well, look, this is what can happen if you come and play for us. Young teenagers who move to Germany playing for one of the biggest clubs in the Bundesliga and they've become England internationals since then. So, um, it's, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose in the balance was, was the phrase you used, wasn't it, before we come on here? And I suppose at uh, 25 past four at the time of us recording this, that that is the case. So, um going to keep fans on the edge of the seats, I suppose, and glued to our live blog and glued to Sky Sports News, I'm sure. And glued to the Blood Red channel, of course, of course as well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Why why, why be anywhere else? But Theo, I suppose it's a big part of the negotiation is kind of, I suppose, who blinks first, isn't it? As Gorsley said there, Dortmund and Porto, if they are to be interested, can talk to them already. If there's this £5 million bid on the table, it's the best that Fulham are going to get right now, but they still equally might want to hold out for more if Liverpool are indeed desperate to definitely not go to tribunal. We'll, uh, we'll want to hold out and see exactly how much they can they can eke out of Liverpool and, and where it goes. 
Yeah, it's one where I suppose it's what all three parties like they're pulling in almost different directions here. Like Fulham, they all want him to stay put until the end of the season, no matter what's going to happen, even if that means they lose him for 250 grand in the summer, because he is going to be crucial to their hopes of going up this year, given the impact he's had in the last couple of months. Liverpool have obviously shown the hand early. They're going in for him now because they reckon it's their best chance to get him in. Because if it goes through to the end of his contract, they know that that's a bidding war. Uh, it might not be a transfer fee bidding war, but it's still a case of you're fighting out with the agent Greek terms and they'd have to spend a fee on Fulham for the training fee, which we know the foreign clubs wouldn't have to. So it could be a case where a Dortmund or a Porto, who we know are interested in, could give them that bit more money of, on the wage because they're only having to spend 250 grand on him. So it's pretty much what the player wants to do and what his agent wants to do because he knows if he, they say, yeah, we want to go to Liverpool, make this deal happen that he's going to stay at Fulham until the summer. So they know whatever's happening as it stands, it's looking like he's going to be playing his football for Fulham for the rest of the season. And then it's just what that next step is. And for him, it's like, well, you could ask for a bit more money and go abroad to try your hand there. Because even though he's an England youth international, he's still, I think he was brought up in Portugal, wasn't he? So he's, it's not as though it's going to be as hard for him to adapt to a culture elsewhere because he's had to do that coming over to England in the first place. And then with Liverpool, it's like, well, you know you're not going to be going straight into that starting eleven. You might be loaned out again. And while there is that passage there, it's still yeah, it's a hard one for him. I think it is very much in the players' hands. But then Fulham, like like you said earlier, it's like five million is the best you're gonna get, and you know you're gonna have him until the end of the season. But you've already lost out on potential millions for players like Harvey Elliott in the past. Like, you almost having to accept that this is the situation. If you can't get them to sign new contracts, which has been the case here with Carvalho, so he will go on. It's not too much there, and that's how much is promotion worth to them. Like they're going to make pretty much a decent whack from if they go up this year, whether it's via automatic or via the playoffs, and he will play a big part in that. Um, I think if Liverpool were confident of signing him in the summer, they perhaps wouldn't have gone in for him now. It's just because they've had to act early for Diaz. They thought, you know, might as well because there is this foreign interest in him. It does feel like if it doesn't happen now, he would go overseas just because it's an easier deal for those clubs to get done. Like They can talk to him now and it's fine, whereas Liverpool have to, I think, have Fulham's permission. I think um, what, all these reports about Liverpool having this bid in with Fulham, that's, or they haven't been able to approach the player because Fulham haven't given them permission to. So it is very much up in the air and we'll see what happens. But as Gorsty's saying, it seems a bit late in the day for something to come from it. But touch words, you never know. Uh, we're not used to Liverpool doing uh, so many deals at the end of the window that have come out of nowhere. Um, so maybe they can have an extra surprise in it. Maybe Fulham, like we're talking about the, the Nat Phillips deal, how Liverpool have had to um, let him go at the end of the window because there wasn't a bid come in because clubs were maybe waiting for them to lower the asking price out of desperation. Maybe Fulham give it a couple of hours ago. go, you know what, we'll just take this five million and have him on loan for the season because it's the best we're going to do. But then it depends what all these parties are wanting for the best interests. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, it is a fascinating one. Well, I suppose we spoke there about the detail, but kind of the, I suppose, opinion on it, Gorsty, is we, we've got a number of people away in the chat, Shah, AJ and Josh, all making that comparison. You already spoke about Jude Bellingham, Jaden Sancho, a few mm. saying it's kind of now or never. Yes, it's a £5 million bid that is may well, may well be even above what the tribunal would set, but is it worth going to 10 to 15 to get this deal done? Because otherwise, we've seen what's happened with Bellingham, even saw what happened with, with Sancho. They go to Dortmund, they they 
light it up and all of a sudden they move out of the price range that, that Liverpool are willing to pay. But would it kind of be future-proofing, albeit you're paying technically over the odds for what a tribunal would set? But we've, we talked him up here and said what a talent he is. Even at maybe ten, twelve million pounds, he'd be a still, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think if he, if Liverpool did kind of go well and above that five million price tag, I mean, speaking to people yesterday, the idea was saying we're only going to pay what they deem to be a fair valuation. They're not going to get involved in a bit more, and you can understand that from a kind of prudent perspective that Liverpool operate in. But if they were to say double the five million that they've offered. Um even if he doesn't fulfil the potential that Liverpool clearly feel he has and other teams feel that he has, you're gonna get your money back on that ten million, no problem. It's just by virtue of him being a Liverpool player. Even if he only plays a handful of games in the league and FA Cup, you know, having been a Liverpool player on your C V just automatically increases your value, doesn't it? Um Look, Liverpool were looking for 12 to 15 million for enough Phillips, and, and they still might get it um, by virtue of him playing, you know, what, 20 odd games last season. Um, the money that Liverpool have got for players who they've wanted to move on in recent years would probably tell you that they could easily get that for Fabio Carvalho if he came in at 12, 10 to 12 million pounds and didn't quite work out. But obviously, that's further down the line, and, and that's when you're talking about a, a deal being pulled off and it not, not working and whatever else. Liverpool clearly feel that he's a, he's a player who could come in and, and add to the kind of roster of talented youngsters who they've already got at the club. You know, with Kay Gordon being a perfect example. Um, he had championship experience, hadn't he, at Derby County when Liverpool brought him in. He, you know, a year into his ground and at the club, he's playing and starting in the Cup semi-finals and scoring in the FA Cup and he's the second youngest player to score for the club and his progression is very much on track. So Liverpool have got a really good track record of their own in recent years of, you know, um, giving these young players a, a, a real platform to show what they're all about. And I'm sure that will be part of the glossy brochure to um, to the Carvalho family if, um, if Liverpool do get the, the man to speak to him today. Yeah, it's like what you said before, Dortmund, I suppose, point to, to Sancho and Bellingham. Liverpool point to Jones and Elliot, don't they? I mean, there, there are two that have broken through and I suppose maybe one of the cards up the sleeve negotiation wise was hey the Harry Wilson deal 12 million pounds buy now pay later um Theo said before that maybe relations aren't great between the two clubs due to what happened with Harvey Elliott but they were definitely sweetened during the summer we'll have to wait and see how it does play out of course we will keep you up to date on Fabio Carvalho across the Liverpool echo and here on Blood Red before we go though of course I'll just come back to you very quickly a three kind of way hit on players who could well still go out today. Plenty, plenty of speculation around the likes of Takumi Minamino, Divock Origi and Nico Williams. Are we expecting many more outgoings? Um, <clears throat> well, Nathan Clarkson could possibly go on loan. Um, speaking to someone a couple of weeks back and the idea was that if a loan could be found, that he'd be happy to let him go. Uh, Loris Karius is eternal search for a new club goes on. Had nothing on that at the moment. With Origi and Minamino, Liverpool very much preparing for the rest of the season with both. But if a late, sizable, acceptable offer arrives between now and then, now and 11 o'clock for either or of those two, 
then Liverpool will listen to it. Um, if you were going to suggest one or the other's going at the moment, I'd probably say Minamino. Um, I think Origi's part of the ways is inevitable, but I think that might be in the summer. Um, but at the moment, all's quiet on that front. So uh, we shall see, but things change quickly, don't they? You know, Southampton rang up for Nico Williams 12 months ago and ended up coming away with the Takumi Minamino, and sometimes that's how things work. Um, Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth's interest in Nico Williams goes on, but um, there's been some some talk on the Bournemouth end that they're already pretty well stocked for right-backs, so maybe that interest is subsiding at the moment. We're not sure, but uh, Nico Williams cut short his break in Dubai anyway to, to talk to his options, and Liverpool feel that they do have adequate cover if he does decide that... Um, he wants to move on, but um, as I say, it's all it's all to play for in the final what five and a half hours. Plenty of fun that's still yet to be had in this January transfer window. Maybe not quite as hectic as last January, but still plenty going on. Theo, final say then goes to you. Luis Diaz, of course, has arrived in this window for Liverpool. How are you rating it? A success for Liverpool and just how successful, given, I suppose, the expectation coming into the window via the reality that's played out how do you see it having played out? Um, I think it's got to be seen as a successful window. They've done something that we didn't expect them to do. But they've shown they've actually got a bit of funding, funding there to strengthen the squad. And while they were in the mix in the title race, they brought in someone that should be a contender. Like we've been saying for a year, they needed another forward. They needed this versatile forward and not just a Minamino or an Origi, someone who can really push the front three, someone like Diogo Jota. And it seems like they've gone and got that with Diaz. Like, I think he's a player who's been linked for a good few months and he was causing excitement. There were eyes on him when Liverpool played Porto in the Champions League and those links were emerging. And you think, oh, it'd be great if they could actually get it done. And then it's also almost a surprise that they have gone got such a deal done. But he's another one. He looks a Liverpool player. He looks like he can be an exciting talent. I don't want to big him up too much because he's still got to adjust to a new country, um, get adjusted to playing in the Premier League and all this sort of stuff. But it's almost working in his favour because he, he's almost a bonus, isn't he? Like Liverpool are planning to sign him in the summer. We'll try and sign him in the summer. So he's a signing for next season. But now they've got six months to work with him to get the best out of him. And when you look at the, the rivals around that, we can almost write Chelsea out the title race. And it's just now whether Liverpool have enough to catch up with Man City. If you'd had this podcast and had this conversation a week, two weeks ago, wouldn't have been feeling very confident. But with them dropping points to Southampton, They've not. I know they've signed a striker today, but he's um, staying for a play until the summer. So they haven't got that striker for the rest of the season. Whereas Liverpool have got someone who's been scoring goals for fun this year. That can give the whole squad a boost, can give training a boost, and that can make a difference in the title race. Like you think about when you watch Premier League years and there's always that big mid-season signing that can make a difference in the title race and can have this impact. Hopefully, in a few months, we'll be saying that about Diaz and I'm it's bad that my first thought here is oh, I'm just remembering a spree now and had the opposite effect for Newcastle. We don't want that to happen with Liverpool, but it does seem to be like this is a positive one. It's going to get fans excited. Uh, he's a talented player, They're saying he could be the best Colombian player ever. And obviously, you're always going to get a hype when someone like this joins Liverpool. But when we were, were expecting the whole month to go by without Liverpool signing anyone for him to go and spend what, a potential 49 million on a forward. If you could choose any transfer to happen for your club, you want a big money attacking signing and Liverpool have delivered just that completely out of the blue. So, yeah, it's a success. Whatever happens now with Carvalho or any other exits, it's been a success. 
I thought you were going to point to Fernando Morientes there. You stayed on brand with a Colombian and Tino Espria. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't go that way for Liverpool, albeit Tino Espria absolutely adored up on Tyneside. So Dazzling Diaz done. Fulham's fabulous Fabio could be next for Liverpool. Stick across the Liverpool Echo website. And here with us on Blood Red, we will continue to bring you updates throughout the course of the afternoon and into the evening. But from myself, Guy Clark, Paul Gorston, Theo Squires, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.